Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. In the podcast this week, I'm going to talk to you about the five key areas that I believe are important for your work-life balance because it's National Work-Life Week this week and this is a great opportunity for both employers and employees to focus on well-being at work and work-life balance, although it shouldn't just last for the week. I talk about why work-life balance and well-being is so important. Because when it is improved, there is less stress, better attendance and more productivity. And contrary to popular belief, we are not always more productive by working longer hours. So listen in to today's episode to get those key areas. Welcome back to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stressed out and overwhelm so that I can help you to increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm your host, Emma Langton, leadership coach, workplace trainer, helping you and your workforce increase performance and make the impact that you want in the world. If you haven't already, please do go and hit the subscribe button. It helps enormously for the podcast host to be able to share with people who like other similar podcasts. And also do leave a review. If you can't find the small button, and it is small, then drop me an email to emma at emmalankton.com and I can send you some instructions to be able to do that. And you can just let me have your key takeaways, what you value from the podcast or what you found most helpful. So in today's show, I am going to be talking to you about work-life balance because at the time that this is going to come out it's national work-life week and you know how passionate i am about helping people to ensure they have that work-life balance why on earth do i want to do that anyway well you know in the early years the reason that i set up my business is because i had to leave my corporate job in order to make sure i was there for my two girls that i adopted and there was a lot of times that they didn't manage to go to school or there were times that school would ring and say you'll have to come and get them because they're not coping which was not helpful but it was how it was and I began running this business and fitting it around my home life and the additional needs of my children. So, and I moved into that from a corporate environment where I was working loads of hours, let's face it, in every day. So I've had a lot of experience of high pressure jobs and then managing difficult households and not only then do I bring my personal experience to this, I bring my professional experience with the knowledge about what's helpful for well-being, about changes in your brain, about things that help you to de-stress, etc., etc. So, what I'm going to cover today are some of the key areas that I look at in all of my workshop training that I roll out to companies. Because I thought that this week, if there was ever going to be a good week for me to talk about what I do in my training for work-life balance, then this is it. 
quite honestly, isn't it? But I want to stress that we don't need to just focus on getting a good work life in one week of the year. You know, it's a a work-life balance is something that we can create. And yes, it might take time. I don't want you to beat yourself up about it in a kind of, I really hope you're not going to, oh, I've listened to that podcast for an entire 20 minutes and now I think I should have a handle on it all. Um, absolutely not. I'm just coming up to celebrating 10 years in my business. And sometimes, no, it slips. And I have to pull myself back and put in place all the, the tools, the techniques and the knowledge that I have. Because... Actually, sometimes when you really, really love your job, it's easy to let things slip because you're doing something that you love. But it's also easy to miss some of the other clues, like if, you know, if you're getting stressed, if you're getting too snappy, if you're uh, feeling more tired than usual, if you're struggling with motivation. So these are some of the clues that then indicate to you that you need to just, uh, you know, pull back or adjust or or revisit some of these areas. So, what I'm hoping to do with some of the bits in this episode is enable you to incorporate plans and actions so that you or the people in your company or in your teams can function better particularly, obviously, with working from home, with the uh, difficulties that we've got with the COVID situation. But it means that they can manage the day-to-day operations and as a manager, you can also support them in a way that enables them to function at home in a positive way with minimal impact on productivity and mental health. Okay, so the key areas that I'm going to cover off today are, there's five of them, routines, Values, boundaries, my favourite subject, communication and self-care. And these are all aspects that I go through in all of my workshops and training. Now, sometimes what I do as well, which you may have noticed, is that there are aspects that I pull out so that they are standalone workshops so that we dive into them in a bit more detail for people that are particularly struggling with it. So boundaries is one, communication is one and self-care is another. So let's start with routine. I think I feel like I can almost hear you roll your eyes. <laughs> so I hope you never. When I talk about routine, we all thrive on routine. You know, when we've got babies or, you know, you have babies in the family, the first thing that people say is, oh, get them in a routine, get a routine for them. When we set that routine, then even just any human being, whatever age, you know what to expect, you know what's coming along. You know, it almost, it sets up like rhythms and patterns in you. Children thrive from routine. You know when they have their timetable at school and they know when they're going to be doing the lessons and when they're going out to play and when they've got their dinner time and all sorts of stuff like that. The thing is that when we get to adults, we forget (laughs) that routines are beneficial to us. Or people go, oh, I like to just, I don't like to be too time bound or, oh, I get sick of looking at my watch all the time or things like that. But we can still have a routine Perhaps we don't need to think about it as much as we do when we've got babies and children, but we still need a routine. What that does is enable us 
to like free up areas of our brain so that we don't have to be thinking about what's happening next or what else have we got in the diary or what are we going to wear today. Part of that routine I like to tell people is that Barack Obama even had that he only wore blue or black suits so that within his morning routine, you know, whatever he did, get up, get dressed, da-da-da-da, he didn't have to think about what he was wearing so that built into his routine was blue suit, black suit, and it was that simple. And what that does is it removes the the thought processes and and calms everything down and you don't need to think about it so much so it's like one less thing on your to-do list so routines are important if you are struggling with boundaries and the but and the blurring of home life which we're going to come to again routines are going to fit into this as well because if you set your sort of working hours and they can shift based on business need or job need or childcare need or whatever need they can shift but That routine is there to kind of keep you feeling safe, really, and that sort of contained and knowing what to expect. So, when we then look at values, I often ask people to come back and revisit their own values. And then also, when I'm training in companies, is to look at what the company values are. When you are clear on your own values, your self-worth, your needs, your desires, it's much easier to know sort of what platform you're working from. And you can stick within boundaries and within those values. We do tend to put a lot of value on our work life, but less so on ourselves. So be careful that the two are not mixed up and out of balance. Now, I value time for yoga for swimming, you know, and for family time. But you might have other like exercise, joys or passions or need. You might be a runner. You might need, I need a decent amount of time alone, quite frankly. Um, But I also need connections. So that's part of my values. So figure out what yours are personally. And then have a look at what your company values are. You may find that they have some values that say that work-life balance is important, that, you know, being a family in this um, organisation is important. If they've got those, they're going to understand the value of your values, if that makes sense. And you can align them in some shape or form, which can be a good thing. Helps you to feel more comfortable about switching off, about, you know, spending, going home for the evening or, well, just switching off and being at home for the evening or spending time with your family, etc. Do you understand? Boundaries. You will be able to see how one can lead into the other and one can prop up the other. So if you have one that's not as good as the other in these different five categories, then that's going to put your work-life balance out of kilter. With your boundaries, you want to ensure that there's support in place for healthy, effective boundaries so that you can confidently manage yourself, but then also know how to politely set expectations and still meet the needs that are set out for you in your workplace or still meet like client or customer demands. Boundaries enable us to be clear and consistent. 
Setting boundaries gets you out of overwhelm so that you can step back and achieve what you want to achieve, whether that's in life or in business. It really doesn't matter. Now, you may have heard me say before, I had a client when I said to her, we need to set some boundaries here. And she said, oh, I don't want to be the guard on the state penitentiary, which given the fact that she was British, was a bit Americanized anyway. And also I thought was slightly alarming. (laughs) Because that was very far-fetched. So boundaries are not about being rigid, strict, harsh or punitive, actually. But neither are they about being flimsy and non-existent. You know, your boundaries need to be firm but fair and clear. Same as where you set boundaries for kids. You're going to set boundaries for you, for your family and for people in your workplace. And you're going to be far better at accomplishing clear and consistent boundaries when you are comfortable in your reasons and emotions around them which you may have already figured out links back to having your values because boundaries are not just what you do they're about you feeling comfortable with setting them so if you're getting that pull of guilt or feeling that I should have done this or will I be in trouble if I don't do that you know, or what will they think of me if I say I can't stay late or I can't finish that thing after hours? You know, I need to pick up my children. I need to, I was going to say go and see somebody, but we're hardly allowed to do, to do that. But you get what I mean. Um, but it's what's the feeling behind it. So it's a good idea to have a little look at that and, and have a think about how these things affect you personally. What comes up for you? What stories are you telling yourself? What phrases are you using when you are concerned about setting boundaries? The other part of this is to decide the hours that you will work or the hours that you will be available. Now, I'm not going to dictate that these need to be nine to five. They need to fit with what your job role is, what your company is, what your priorities are and what your what your family situation is. But if you don't have a clue about this or it feels uncomfortable, take a week to log the hours and have a look at what you do and you might be surprised because it helps to set it out for you. Because like I say, when we love stuff that we do, or we've got that pull of, oh my God, type scenarios, then sometimes we do kind of more than we realise. So when you're clear on what the boundaries might look like or where they need to be pulled back and put in place, then you need to communicate clearly. When we provide a language and a strategy then we can manage that day-to-day workload without the struggle we can have that confidence to speak up or to ask for help um, so that we make sure that we keep a lid on the workload and the stress and the pressure when it arises so when you set your hours publicize them or tell people about them be factual about it because this is not personal it's work you know Clearly set out when you're available. Tell people what you expect from them and what is not acceptable too. State this in your client calls or your contracts or whatever is in alignment with yourself or your business. When we communicate clearly, it includes getting comfortable saying no. Be aware that you do need to do this. You need to be able to say no. That's probably a whole other podcast. 
But I want to remind you that no is a complete sentence. So the more that you waffle, the more that you give reasons or excuses, it, the more then you're actually going to give someone the space to try and persuade you. Oh, but it won't take you, I don't have time. Oh, but it won't take you very long, etc. So use non-confrontational language as well in your communication to do I need or can I ask what the priority is for this? I've got a big workload ahead of this. Do I need to drop something there? Do I need to add something here? Refer people back to contracts or conversations. You know my working hours are. In order to give this my best or most undivided attention, I will respond within my working hours or I will respond by Friday of next week or whatever it is. Remember that just because people email you doesn't mean you have to answer straight away. Which leads us nicely into self-care. In order to be able to, you know, recover from maybe the stresses and strains and high workload and whatever else is going on, we need to make sure we've got that time for self-care. Again, please don't roll your eyes. It's important. Um... Think about, though, what energises you and what relaxes you. It's different for everyone. Ensure you've got some time and space for you. For example, there are times sometimes when I will say to my husband, I need to swim today. And it's not, oh, I'd really quite like to have a bit of a dip in the pool. I need to swim. And probably because I can feel my levels rising or the teen is getting a bit too gobby quite frankly um you know and I'm like I need to swim and that's different than oh wouldn't it be quite nice to um you can't pour from an empty cup got to remember that have a look again in your company values and see what it says about that type of thing remember that what works for you doesn't necessarily work for somebody else or what works for somebody else doesn't necessarily work for you but you can give things a go if somebody comes up with an idea give it a go as long as it doesn't have you pulling a face or you know curling your lip or thinking oh my god i couldn't do that so like i said think about do you need alone time do you need fun time do you need connection time If you think back to the previous podcast episode when I was talking about the different things that can improve your mental well-being, I mentioned about connection time or, you know, quiet time or um, moving and having exercise in there. Have a listen back to that podcast episode. Work out what you can still do while we're in this lockdown working from home situation that is achievable and even have a selection of things that you can do. And if all else fails, just again, refer back to that previous podcast episode, do some deep breathing, some meditation, some relaxation, self-hypnosis, I do all of those. If you want a relaxation audio, drop me an email to emma at emmalankton.com. I can provide that for you as well. Okay. So that's the five key areas that I said I would go through, giving you a whistle-stop tour of the things that I mean in there. Routine, values, boundaries, communication, and self-care. Because achieving a healthy work-life balance can sometimes be a bit tricky, but it is achievable. 
So being able to implement a thorough and cohesive process that benefits you, your team maybe, then it won't compromise the work that you have to do, but it does prioritise your own well-being and the well-being of the people in your team. As I said, my work-life balance session has been designed to incorporate the specific values of your company, as well as helping people to implement tools, tricks and actions so that you have a happier workforce that is more productive, also more profitable, and that you are more productive and more profitable as well. As ever, if you have any questions on this episode or anything that I've mentioned, then please do get in touch with me. If you want to talk to me or think that you need help personally or for your employees on work-life balance or even what's going to be coming up in November is the Stress Awareness Week, so um, helping you with mental health awareness, work-life balance, stress management, stress awareness, then I deliver virtual training sessions on all of this and resilience too. You can contact me to discuss the needs of your organisation or you can talk to me about some coaching that's going to help you individually as well. If you go over to my website at www.emmalankton.com forward slash contact, there's an area there that you can drop me an email as well or book directly into my diary for a complimentary discussion call that will save all that to in and throwing that we do when we go, have you got this available? Have you got that available? So that all that's left for me to do this week is to give you a quick reminder to make sure that you hit subscribe so that you don't miss any future podcasts. And then I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye for now.